and Judy uh, just get the obvious out of the way it's going to be cold and uh, a little bit of a snow I don't even know you would call I don't even think we've reached flurries it's you called, know? It's called uh, a dusting well, no, I would say dusting a, has to hit term. the ground I, I don't, there's nothing on the ground oh, but there's well, a little bit said. in the air just a little bit like somebody just spit off the top of the it could be people spitting off the top of the building, for all I know. Honestly, so hopefully, I'd be it's worried not. about that if I were you. As well, you should be. Uh, you know what? It was another <sighs> tough weekend for the Bears. Maybe as predicted. You know what uh, I say? Thank God it's over. Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> there is that. While there are other teams preparing for the playoffs, the Bears have known quite some time that this was not in the cards so to speak and uh, uh questions now surround where do you go from here if you back up and look at the game uh while not being like the perfect um microcosm of the season it's pretty damn close it, it, that it was full of hey we played really good for a while to oh my god what is happening to that was a total and complete collapse uh, yeah, I only watched the first part, and then I was feeling good. Yeah, look at those Cruising. bears! Look I at mean, that. you know, at least those they're Vikings going out strong. A chance. And then I, and then I did never went back, and yeah. I heard uh, the score, and right, I could believe it. Andy Dalton started to make um, a lot of passes to the other team. That, uh, he was playing for the other well, team, basically. You, well, if he's looking for a gig, the Vikings might be interested. <laughs> um, and then, and you know what? Listen, there's a chance. That I just played too much Madden on PlayStation. You know, there is a chance that I just play over the years to the point that I understand or I believe that I have convinced myself that I have a basic understanding of how football works. Because there's an argument that Coach Matt Nagy doesn't. Uh, how about this? Fourth and one. You're up there on the, on the goal line. You had a chance to push it. As opposed to running the ball, which they had been doing well all game, decides to try to throw throw the ball. Andy Dalton gets sacked for the umpteenth time in the game. And, of course, there goes your chances. You're, you're watching it. Even the announcers were like, "What? why didn't the Bears run it there? Like, <laughs> what, what are you guys doing? You know." And, and it was kind of one of those, well, if you ever wondered why, uh, maybe Matt Nagy isn't going to be the coach of the Bears in the future. Uh, play calling uh, alone might be part of it. Matt Nagy, though. Does the coach call every single play? Matt Nagy calls the offensive plays. There's a every single one. Yeah, they don't when when they're huddling up really quick. He, they know based on what it, he's it, telling. He them. says it in their ear. Okay. Uh, quarterbacks here. Well, I just didn't know if maybe once in a while the quarterback made his own decision. <laughs> no, it's always the coach. Yeah. <laughs> well. There are quarterbacks that make their own decisions. None think, of them, like none of them play for the he, Bears. Really? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Not for the Bears. But, I mean, just in general. It's not like every uh, single play. He doesn't play. call his own plays. No. I just no. feel like he does what he wants. There there are some quarterbacks that um, well, they're might enough. make additions and subtractions okay. to the play. Okay. Uh, I don't believe that either Justin Fields, so who didn't I'm get just, a chance to play. I just wanted to make sure so that 
Oh no, we know who to blame. It, okay, totally. And you don't. No, you don't. We need to. Do, I'm sure. Here's here's my picture. But now you know. Fourth and one on the goal line, uh, and the play comes into Andy Dalton's ear and goes, "We're gonna we're gonna throw the ball." I have a feeling like Andy Dalton even looks at the sideline and goes, "Are you guys sure about this? You, you see where we are? Like, he's why like would hitting, we do that?" He's hitting his earphone. I think I, I heard think, run, uh, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. not what uh, pass. I don't think that's what people are supposed to be doing. Um, Matt Nagy spoke a little bit about, uh, well, maybe he's, again, trying to set it up for the future. Build through the draft. You have young guys that are getting better and better uh, each year, and they're improving. Uh, We have some older guys, too, on this roster that um, have been a part of this and and just kind of seeing how that rolls. But I'm just proud of these players. I really am. I'm proud of the coaches. Uh, I think that... Um, I know how much they care, and I know how much they want to be better. And to me, that matters. Um, now, again, we, we understand our record. We know that that's real. That's a part of it. But uh, where, do the guys care, and do they fight? And they do do that. Hey, it's a results-based industry. And, and when you get into it, well, whether you're a player, a coach, a general manager, whatever, at the end of the year, there's a, there's a number on the board. That's who you are. You can go, wow, well, if only the ball would have bounced a few days. Yeah, but it didn't. Okay, it didn't, and you are who you are. Six and eleven, uh, the Bears finished. Yeah, that hurt. And there's speculation out there too that uh, GM Ryan Pace may be out. Yeah, because you could certainly make a solid argument for it. Yeah, you could. Nagy's his guy, right? So, yeah, I mean, hey, and not just Nagy, right? Some other coaches as well. Well, if the head coach goes, all the coaches go. Mm. There, because the head usually the head coach for in most places hires the assistant right. coaches. So you're part of that guy's system, yeah. his uh, uh, whatever you want to call it. And so when a new coach comes in, they usually hire people that are about their system, loyal mm-hmm. to them, for lack of lack of better terms. I mean, does Nagy ever get mad? I feel like a coach should get mad sometimes. Not like crazy, but just he's just Mr. Positive, isn't he? <laughs> I know we suck, but you know what? On the bright side. <laughs> Accentuate the positive. Matt Nagy looks back at his four years at the helm of the Bears and sounds like a guy. I got, it sounds, listen to this. Sounds like a guy that knows the writing is on the wall. My four years um, that I'm here, I'm just, I, you, I look at a few things. Um, you look at developing players, uh, specifically at their positions, guys that you that you're a part of in the draft process uh, w- with Ryan and, and you know all of our personnel and our coaching and, and all the time that goes into that and um, and then you look into each specific season and you know we had a we had a, a really good first year together at, at 12 and four and now we continue to grow here. <laughs> we had a really good remember the 12 and four days and pretty much down downhill since then. So the Bears uh, excuse, certainly looking at maybe making some wholesale changes, but let's be I'm going to be slightly fair. Um, coaches coach, players play. Uh, at some point, there's 11 guys on the field. How the Bears could have had 12 on Sunday it might not have helped. Uh, there's 11 guys on the field. They got to do their jobs on some level. You know, I mean, uh, you can coach them up all you want. You can call the plays, but if you drop the ball or if you don't block your man or whatever, you know, right. if yeah, you if you go left when you're supposed to go right. Uh, yeah. You know, that falls on you at some level, the players themselves, because I, w- I, I think there's an, certainly an issue that while there are some players on that team for the future, there's a lot of players on the team we go, might not be part of a future.
Yeah. I mean, if Nagy makes the call and, you know, they're getting sacked and they're intercepting and, I mean, it's the player. Well, you had to it's know when they, when they signed Andy Dalton. There's no way he's up this early, too, because he's still recovering from, I want to say he got sacked seven times, so I don't even worry about talking bad <laughs> about been, him You right know this what? Point. The last few weeks, so he's been pretty good. I've enjoyed watching him. It also had to do with the level of competition they were playing. We did, mm. we did mention before that they beat teams that were allegedly uh, NFL caliber. Uh, you know, that, uh, you know, the, 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 the team from our blessed sister Mary could have probably given them a pretty good run for their money, you know. But uh, when the Bears ran into and the Vikings, here's a, so here's how, I don't want to say how bad the Vi- the Bears are, but. The Vikings are probably going to fire their coach, too. He kicked the crap out of the Bears. <laughs> you know what, what I'm saying? What was their record? They, well, they just may miss the playoffs. And their expectation is playoffs. And so, you know, they, they, yeah, they see so is, what, eight and nine. So. Yeah. Yeah. Losing seasons are, are not acceptable. Okay. You know what? Green Bay lost. So let's take pleasure. Yeah. To, the, to Detroit. To Detroit. Oh. But they, <laughs> and again, not many defend them. They played their third string uh, the second half of the game. That's right, mm-hmm. uh, because it didn't matter. They 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 had already. And the look on Aaron Rodgers' face over there too. <laughs> Last couple minutes of the game, he's he, like, uh, he, he left and he goes, "We were winning when I yeah. when I came out of the game. Everything <laughs> right. was hunky dory. Yeah, what the hell got into you guys? Every week, <laughs> what got into you guys? I thought we were doing just fine. No. Uh, it does show how quickly things can fall off, if you will. But it, week, it used to be week 17, now it's week 18. The final week of the NFL season is always kind of weird from teams that have something to play for to teams that have nothing to play for and how they kind of, um, how they approach it. Are we going to play our starters and we're, you know, we got to keep a rhythm or don't even bother bringing your helmet out of the uh, locker room. You're too important to us in the playoffs. You could just, you sit over there. We're going to wrap you in bubble wrap uh, right up until uh, the playoffs start. So they do start next weekend. We shall find out. The Bears, we're nowhere near them. And it seems like everybody makes the playoffs these days. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> 17, uh, 14 teams are in the playoffs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Four, <laughs> 14 it's teams. It's amazing, though, how my interest just drops after yeah. the Bears don't get in. I'm. I don't really care. Well, I, I I would say you might actually see some good football now. You, it might be yeah. interesting. You might watch some of it. And go, what is, I don't even what know what is that this? is. I just enjoy what are people doing? Bears football, not good football. Look at that. They that actually. Oh, so that's how you're supposed to play the game. Hey, John Howell is going to join us at the top of the hour at six o'clock. We're going to be talking to Big John a little bit about some of the goings on in the world around us. He had some awesome conversations last week with some real newsmakers. But the uh, the world of uh, well, television and uh, college Comedy certainly, certainly rocked last night uh, as the word came out that comedian, actor, one of America's dads, you got to give him that, one of them, Bob Saget, had passed away. We'll talk about that coming up next on 890 WLS. Good morning and happy Monday to you. We'll jump into the 6 o'clock hour, taking a look at the big stories that people are talking about. Oh, Chicago held hostage day as the CPS CTU standoff continues, no school for you stretches into the second week, Judy. 19 people are dead, including nine children in an apartment fire in the Bronx in New York. It's one of the worst fires in that city. A malfunctioning space heater appears to be the cause. A merciful end to the bear season, and it ends with a disappointing loss 
to the Vikings. Now, the real tough questions begin. We might have tough questions, but we know who's got smart answers. He is John Howell. You can hear him every single afternoon right here on 890 WLS. Good morning to you and a happy Monday, John. And happy new year to you guys. Yeah, happy yeah. New Year! That's right. Goodness, it's still January, so we still all say January happy long. New year. You can say Happy New Year. This uh, this will be the last day. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's one what full you say. week, and the next Monday, and that's it. Oh, Ten four. Okay. John has spoken, and I'm I'm good with that. You know, we just mentioned that uh, this CTU CPS impasse continues. You, you said something the other day, and I, I heard you talking about. Kind of, who do people blame more? Who's at the root of this? And uh, that may also have something to do with, well, who stands to lose the most, right? I suppose, sure. And what, what kind of, where are you at on that? I, I, I come down on the side of, listen, both sides bear some blame. I don't think it's a 100 to nothing. But if you were lining people up to be shot against the wall, I think the teachers' union might have the, uh, well, they might at least go first. They get the cigarette first. They get the cigarette Blindfold, first. Blindfold, <laughs> yes or no, cigarette. Here, here. Look, this, this illustrates the, you know, the tenuous nature of any public sector union. Because as uh, we had um, Mark Conkle from the patch on, yeah. I think, on Friday. And, you know, all the politicians, including the governor, Speaker of the House, President of the Senate, I don't know if the mayor or not, but uh, the, the other three have accepted uh, uh, donations from public sector unions, including the CTU. Well, that's inherently untenable because now you're negotiating with the very people that you're helping to pay, you know, at least their political organization. Well, I'm certainly not a fan of those uh, uh, those types of unions. Yeah, and that goes for police unions, too. Yeah. If, I, don't, I don't like public sector unions. At all. On either side of the aisle, frankly. Here, here. But that being said, uh, there's some mismanagement here because this has happened to Lori Lightfoot three times in recent history. It's like a, a Lucy with the football and Charlie Brown. I mean, she keeps getting the football pulled away from her. Uh, and I understand the union's there to represent its, its uh, members first and foremost. Not the kids. They're there to represent their members. That being said, 90% of the CTU members are fully vaccinated. Get back to work or else. And I don't even know if legally you could do this. But this may be before both of your times, but Reagan famously fired yes. the air traffic controllers. It was a, an illegal strike, right? And he just fired them all. Yeah, and this must constitute an illegal strike. I don't know what this teacher's union contract reads as opposed to, say, New York City's. But their brand-new mayor, uh, Eric Adams, he is able to say, no, we will remain open, and if the teachers don't show up, they will be fired. I don't know what the difference is mm. in the contracts, but I wish we had one that was... Uh, more based on the New York model. Well, I was thinking that too. Why? Why not just keep, stay open? Some of the teachers want to go back to school. They, they some do, do vote yeah. for uh, for walking, and they have subs. Maybe not enough, but at least you can keep some schools open. But I think it's part of the contract, and they can't do that. And you know, let's face it: the CTU has been running this district in this town for decades. Well. Oh, the public sector unions have an extraordinary amount of power and influence in blue states in particular. Right, because, not again, not only when do they throw their money around come elections, but then they can also uh, uh, instruct, tell, cajole their membership into <laughs> voting for a certain candidate or voting against a certain candidate doesn't align with whatever it is they just paid for. Well, yeah. yes, I like that word cajole, very uh, underused. Uh, keep in mind, too, that the CTU uh, did not... Uh, support Lori Lightfoot. They were way behind Tony Preckwinkle in sure. the oral yeah. contest. So that plays into the into this as well. But look at some point somebody's in violation of their contract. 
Somebody has breached their contract. And so if I was part of the city of Chicago's legal department, that'd be a job number one to look for a way to put pressure on them to go back into the classroom. If you don't like it, I'm sorry you don't like it. Everybody has to go back to work at this point. You don't have to work here, but if you're going to work here, you have to work here in person, period. Show up, you have 72 hours. He's John Howell every afternoon right here on WLS as we talk about CPS versus uh, CTU. And, and John, I know while that is a, a hot subject and it's not going anywhere because, well, we've had the conversations that, it, you know, it affects everybody. It affects business. It, you know, it affects the city when kids aren't in school. Parents suddenly are put in the position of having to take care of it. That it has a real ripple effect uh, um, on everything that we're doing. Yeah, I know it's 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 a real shame. We we've learned pretty conclusively here through a variety of different studies, red and blue, that having kids out of school there's a, there's a small percentage of kids that can thrive in that mm-hmm. environment. They do their work. They can do it remotely, but very few, and especially for kids uh, in underserved neighborhoods the school is a place of refuge and it's necessary to get them open i don't exactly know who or how but it has to be done sooner rather than later Mm -hmm. another year remote learning uh we'll lose a generation of kids to this and you know obviously they are having some issues at some schools Uh, look to the suburbs do what they're doing outside of the city if you're having issues at some of your schools, you know, where half the school is out or the teachers, then you then maybe that school is closed for, you know, a few days or however long it takes. But you don't have to close down the whole district. The other thing that, um, gosh, a, a big city mayor did, or maybe it was a, a governor, might have been a governor, red governor, I don't know which one, but we talked about it last week. He uh, threw it a gubernatorial pen, executive action, is now offering vouchers to any parents whose school system is only offering remote learning. Interesting. Spend it as you want. Uh, it will help with child care. It can help with uh, alternative educational opportunities. It can help with homeschooling. But we're going to use some of the tax dollars at my disposal, the, the governor, uh, to help alleviate some of the pressures on parents of districts that are only offering remote learning. That may be something worth thinking about. I know who it is. It is one of the extended Ducey family down in the Arizona, oh, Governor yeah. Ducey. Governor Ducey down there. In, who in, I do, in is he related to the Ducey's from Fox? Do we know? No. I mean, how spelling. many Ducey clans can there be? Yeah, that's a, it's a different spelling. Yeah, yeah, I don't mean he, clan. He is, he is of Cold sense. Stone Creamery fame. That was his uh, oh, business. I okay. kid you not. That's, uh, you. He's a ice cream multimillionaire. Uh, we're speaking to John Howell again every afternoon here on 890 WLS. And, John, uh, I'm going to let you make some of the easier predictions. It's tough sometimes predicting what's going to happen. But um, what do you think's going on with the Bears coming up a little later today? I would say they're underperforming. Okay, fair. Okay, good. Do you want to make a prediction maybe on uh, uh, personnel? Well, you know, there's between 20 and 30 guys are not going to be on this team next year. That's what I've been reading. And it looks like Nagy's gone. The rumor is, according to a couple of people we talked to on my program last week, that Ryan Pace survives because he's very close to the McCaskies. Hmm. Uh, But that... Pace, uh, Nagy's probably gone, uh, and I can't, again, I can't get proper attribution to who uh, told me this, but maybe it might have been also one of the uh, columnists in the papers. But um, a guy I used to play pool with when he used to play, uh, I think, third-string quarterback for the Bears before he was uh, the uh, first-string quarterback, Jim Harbaugh, maybe coming back to uh, town to be a head coach of the Chicago Bears just because of his history with the uh, team. And, you know, Michigan fell a little short this year, and he's, done that 
cash those checks, got that card punched, so he may want to take another shot at the NFL. Interesting. Yeah, that came from uh, Dave Kaplan at ESPN. That's right. Thank you. So we're going to believe that. I think Kaplan's a good source. Good yeah, source. Pretty good. Better John, than Howell, for sure. <laughs> John, thank you so much for your time today. All right, guys. Have an sure. awesome day, uh, a great week. And, again, you can catch John later this afternoon right here on 890 WLS. He'll obviously have the latest on the CPS CTU uh, kerfuffle, fracas, uh, brouhaha. I don't know exactly what level we're at, but uh, I know that a lot of parents out there sadly have to wake up or or at least check every night before they go to sleep. No, we're not about whether it's a snow day or not. It's whether or not the schools are even open and we can have uh, uh, we can send our kids to it. And a good morning. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. It's uh, it's chilly outside. It's Bruce. It's Judy. Do be careful, by the way. I think maybe it's because um, Saturday we got like some misting. Uh, I wouldn't call it rain. I wouldn't call it snow. Sleet. Something in the middle. Sleet. And it froze when it hit the ground. And so uh, not just roads, uh, sidewalks, driveways, etc. Um it's like a, a lightly glazed donut uh, of ice out there in a lot of places. Well, so the roads be are in really good shape, I will say. The sidewalks? Es no bueno. Horrible. Yeah. I mean, it was, of course, it's always timing. It was a weekend, but be right. careful because even in the business districts, the sidewalks have not been salted. Oh, the sidewalks here downtown are horrible. I fell, it's a skating rink. I fell on my own driveway. Okay. Yeah, You're I, probably not the yeah, only I've one already, this weekend. I've already hired a lawyer, so yes. it's all good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and I, I salted, of course, because, you know, as uh, property owners, you are required to salt your own sidewalk. So remember that. So who can we sue for the sidewalks around here? It's treacherous. Well, (laughs) that's the thing. The city should have. I'm surprised. The city's usually good about that. But again, it was a weekend. Now we're, you know, it's a Sunday. Because it was Saturday night is when it kind of got wet. And then got down into the single digits. So everything froze. And it's going to be only 14 today. So it's not going to melt. Yeah. So you got to really be careful out there. Um. Yeah, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I love our place here, high atop downtown Chicago. And by high atop, I mean the sixth floor of the NBC Tower. But the sidewalks around the NBC Tower are a skating rink. Uh, I've heard, yeah. They are an absolute skating rink out there. Um, do you have pretty privilege? First off, do you know what pretty privilege is? When I hear the term pretty privilege, the first thing that pops into my mind is pretty girls don't get speeding tickets. That to me is pretty privilege. It's it's the the age old adage or whatever that uh, maybe a couple tears or bat your eyelashes or whatever. I get a ticket for sixty seven in the fifty five. You get a warning like that. That to me is like pretty privilege. Absolutely, and I don't even think you need to be that pretty. For that, I think, uh, uh, you know, because I've never got, I I think I've gotten one ticket in my life. And believe me, I fought it because I was not speeding. But when I would get stopped, I admit, you know, being a girl, it helps. But also, I am so, I'm always in, you know, defer to the officer. I'm like, oh, my gosh, officer. what? Whereas some guys, I will tell you, are like, what? What did I do? You got a problem? Why'd you pull me over? Yeah, why am I? Yeah, I wasn't speeding, or you just started in right Where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so what? What happened? I'm almost home. <laughs> so uh, believe me, we know how to play that game too. But yes, I would say pretty girls never get tickets.
Uh, there's other thing. Apparently, pretty girls don't have to worry about buying drinks. Oh, I already knew that, you oh. little hussies. I was on top of you with that. There's a whole thing. It's on the on the TikTok. Yeah. I saw some of the videos uh, uh, where uh, girls are basically explaining the things they've gotten for free mm-hmm. for no other reason than they are pretty. easy on the eyes. Yeah. You know that they are they are pretty in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, so if you're I buying your own drinks, come on. Yeah, and I think we need to say that, you know, what they're getting free things from males generally, not females, Duh. right? Yeah. Because uh the definition of pretty these days, yeah. I don't know. Uh you I, know, I, again, I, we were at Teatro Zanzani last night and I think there's plenty of uh, girls that would think Cuño, the singer is pretty. Okay, yes, I get that. He's a, he's a handsome yeah, devil. But there are some... Like a 16-pack, or I don't know how many of those. Some there. people I wouldn't consider pretty that maybe people would. I, I think it's a matter of other things. I have a, Not I, just your face, if you know what I mean. Hey, now. Uh, pretty privilege. I always thought about this, too. This is something where um, uh, it's a bit of a theory, and I would admit that I'm working on all my theories, you know, and they, they do evolve over time. Um. Something you don't see very often. Really pretty girls sitting at bus stops. Why? Because really pretty girls have figured out ways to give guys to get guys to give them rides. Help get guys to buy them cars, you know, if nothing else. So this plays into if you see a pretty girl sitting at a bus stop, can you imagine what level of crazy she's at? What how can you imagine the high maintenance she must be? That she is pretty and riding a bus. Thank you, I have spoken. That's the way I All right, I would like to point out that Keanu Reeves takes public transportation all the time. Keanu Reeves wants you to believe he takes public transportation. No, he does. There are always stories of him giving up his seat to like a pregnant woman or... I've seen pictures. He's he also on has public transportation and private jets. Yeah, I know, but, but he's okay. also yeah. a normal guy. He's, yeah, he's, so I bet there are some girls who... Yeah. But yeah, pretty privilege. It, is there is there a male version of pretty privilege? Yeah, are sure. there are there Absolutely. guys that are just so good looking? Yes, that people they just like here, not. please have this for free. Nobody's buying them drinks, maybe because that's just what the girls. Just yeah, don't you're right. A that. bar thing. Yeah. Usually they're just too cheap. But I would say yes, at, at a store or at you know just just to get a little bit a little bit of an edge, you give that nice looking guy a woman would a because I don't know if I yeah. if I'm working at the store. And the pretty, I like how we call them guys pretty now, comes up. I don't know if I'm tripping over myself right. to give them That's something. That's what I mean. Like, it's, whatever. it's usually um, the you. opposite sex. You're the reason why. The but I, you know what? The bottom line place. is, if you're not really pretty, don't worry. Just be kind because kindness, kill them with kindness, right? I think sometimes, <sighs> con- I think sometimes really nice people, they get a lot more done and they get a lot more. But on the scale, pretty, you can be pretty and bitchy and still get things done. You yeah, still get a lot of free stuff. There's a fine You're line. sitting in first class. You're in the front row at the concert. Don't worry. You're, you're backstage. Screw that noise. Front row. No. You are living it up. Hey, Nick Gale is standing by. Classes canceled again. And the negotiations, where, where are we even at with this, Nick? Well, there's.
good morning. Appreciate you spending time with us today. Don't forget, we podcast this show. You can check it out at uh, WLSAM.com or wherever fine and mediocre podcasts are found. You can go and search for it and, and find it. And the socials. That's what the kids are calling in these days. They don't call it that. We're on the Twitter machine, uh, the Facebook, the Instagram. You can follow me at the Bruce St. James. T-H-E, the Bruce St. James. That's only because I hope someday that there are copycats. And I just wanted to beat them to it and say, well, I'm the Bruce St. James. As of right now. As opposed to ah. Just one of them. I don't want to be just one of them. (laughs) Uh, I want to be the Bruce St. James, and uh, feel free to start the copycats now. Uh, CTU versus CPS enters, it'll be day four, week number two of, I mean, do we even have a definition? Is this a walkout? Is it a strike? Is it a work stoppage? Is it a lockout? What is it? All we know is it's no school. No school for you. No school. Yeah, and um, CTU. So here's what CTU is asking for. The teachers union wants 10% of randomly chosen students tested each week. They want to randomly test 10% of the, what are we down to? I know the school district kept shrinking. I think they said what we're, it's under 200,000 though, right? It's between 150, 200,000 kids. Is that where we're at? Somewhere in that range? Yeah. 330,000? Well, I thought that, but they weren't showing up at school. They only had like oh, 150 right, right, right. even showed sorry, up, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. enrollment. It fell off the page. So I, I maybe, maybe they want to do it out of the half. total. Yeah. Probably. So they want a 10% uh, um, testing, if you will, when it comes to uh, this. They want this happening weekly. I'm trying to think back when they wanted testing for teachers when it was. Remember still- that? Yeah, and how but, much but that was they before a vaccine, compla- right? Right, but how much they fought and complained all those Ugh, you know God. protocols when it came to the teachers. But now it's just interesting. I find it that the union is the one calling for all these protocols when they fought. You know, even the vaccine. I believe they, you know, they kept pushing it back and back and back for teachers. But as you know, John Howell pointed out earlier, ninety percent of teachers vaccinated. Yes. Everything else is open? Uh, now, not, Everything else is Certainly not 90% about? of kids vaccinated. I get no. that. But, again, you can't just, it's, it can't be the blanket approach. And if you look at all what the, what the CTU is demanding, it is a blanket approach. Yeah, and, and each side continues to cling to whatever data or expert supports their argument that schools are, A, either safe to reopen and, and all the damage and harm it does for not having them open. That's the, that's the, the, the city of Chicago, the CPS line. And CTU clings to, well, this one doctor said that it could be dangerous and, well, we had some outbreaks over here and that uh, some of the data doesn't support it there. So they each kind of cling to whatever part of the uh, uh um, narrative fits them pushing what they want. Schools open or schools closed? I mean, does CTU really It has think, become a bargaining. Is it just a bargaining chip at this chip. point? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, that's how I look at it. Because really, it, then why didn't you go right to remote? Because, this, you know, the city, they don't want to do that. I mean, they don't want to do that, period. But aside from that, they're like, we're not giving into that. Just because the teachers decide you know, the union decides we're not going to go to school, so let's do remote. Because remember when they walked out, let's just call it that, 
they immediately were like, well, let's go right on to remote. Like, they're not, you know, the city's looking at them or the district saying, well, you don't decide how we're going to the process of, you know, public education in Chicago. That's not the, it's not the union's job. Right. But that's how, that's how it was sounding and looking. Yeah. Um, CP, uh, CTU, excuse me, the teachers union, they want a threshold. They want a number, a metric, fancy word for math. That could flip the entire district to remote learning if it hits that. Right. 30% of elementary school students. But they want it district-wide, not per classroom or per school. They want a blanket, that school over there hit the metric, therefore all classes classes, are. And uh, um, CPS rejects that, says there's absolutely no way we're going to let you shut down the entire district because there was a problem with a school in Austin. If you can believe what's happening now, that is why it's happening now. Because there are, what, isn't that ridiculous? there are a couple of schools where the numbers were really, really bad. But there are many, many schools that were fine. Yeah. So, yeah. The, because you look at it this way. You have some schools out there, some CPS schools, where the um, students have a high vaccination level. Northside Prep, 83%. Lane Tech, 83%. Whitney Young, 82%. Jones, Hancock, 80%. I mean, those are big numbers. Big for the students. Right. We know the teachers are, according to CTU themselves, 91 right. as, a, as, a, as a whole. Um, so you can see that, you know, I mean, there are schools out there. That why would you hold them to the standard of the least vaccinated. vaccinated school? Like it doesn't make any sense. Who do you blame in this? I mean, who who is a, 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 at fault for this? While schools remain open all around the country, and other major cities and major school districts have found a way to keep schools open and kids back in class, here we are in Chicago once again with a with the with the black eye of. Our schools are closed. Right. And the CTU claims that there are some real safety issues at some schools. I'm not going to discount that. If that's what they're saying and that's what they've seen and that's what they've experienced, again, where, what schools, what exactly? I mean, I, I, I haven't really heard that. It's kind of just general you know, like you said, the numbers hit at this school, so let's shut down the whole district. Well, I mean, you they, have some they schools. They talked about some schools like kids just being... A hundred kids in a room, which I find extremely hard know, to believe. But you know what or are kids the that small. issues? The they're not clean. They're not doing the safety protocols. Okay, what exactly? Right, right. I feel right. like just address those issues immediately. That's that's how things work, right? That's how, and you know, it's a business for all intents and purposes, right? The CPS. That's how they. Act. That's how they. They. I mean, you hate to say because it it's education, but you know, they have all these school buildings they have to take care of. I- it's they have to have protocols without COVID. I was at the Bulls game uh, Friday, name dropping, uh, hanging out with uh, Team Hockberg, and I I met a teacher, a substitute teacher, and uh, teaches social studies in high school, and we had a really interesting conversation. And, and I talked to him about what is the solution. Help me understand from a from a teacher standpoint. And he wasn't bizarre. He was like, he said, you know, because I talked about this kind of blanket approach. And he goes, I, I don't disagree. And he said, it, it strikes me, I'm going to paraphrase, that it would make more sense. Now, granted, this may be another level of bureaucracy. And so maybe that mm, is a non-starter. 
as opposed to CPS being seen as one entity, break it up into districts, almost like you do wards. Uh, Because what is going on at Lane Tech is not the same at what's going on at one of these schools where, and again, according to the data, Less than 10% of the students are vaccinated. I mean, if you, it's not the same. It's not the same educational experience. It's not the same enrollment. It's not the same attendance. It's not the same graduation. But you're trying to treat everything with this blanket approach. And his thing was, you know, he goes, without being too honest, we, without being too obvious, we know there's a big difference between a high school on North Side and a high school on the South Side. Why are they being managed identically the same? And why are they being held to the same standard? I was like, Okay, I'm sure there's problems with what you just said, but it's not a bad idea. They should be held to the same educational standards. Educational, yes. But But they should get the same amount, right, and the same amount of money. But yeah, it would seem to solve a lot of problems, right? If you if you treated them as more of the neighborhood school as opposed to lump them all in with this monolith that that is Chicago public schools, local school councils, and all that, and yeah, I think that's what the whole idea was with having the mayor involved too. Just yeah, it's more bureaucracy. I say, get more people out of the way. And a good morning, a happy Monday. It's Bruce and Judy. And um, I think it's fair to say what you don't know about cryptocurrency, what you don't know about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, will fill a large room. I think for most of us. I know there's some experts out there listening right now. By the way, feel free to hit me up. I'm trying to understand this. But I'm uh, trying to learn. 312-591-8900, please. I'm, I got my wallets. I got a couple places I go. I own some Bitcoin, some Ethereum. I think I have about 12 or 15 different cryptocurrencies I'm invested in. Not huge numbers. I'm just trying to learn. But I need dollars to understand Sorry, how to so learn. So you have some Bitcoin in your pocket in your pocket right now, as it were? I have it on my phone. Okay. Is that close yeah. enough? I was just being funny. Yeah. There, um, a physical uh, Bitcoin so what exists. The, how much does a Bitcoin cost? Ooh, I can I can look it up as we speak. I can tell you how much one one Bitcoin. Right? Mm-hmm. Right now. Let's see. I can give you the, the absolute I mean, this word. doesn't trade on the market, right? So it's hard. 41000 $47.72 is what one Bitcoin is worth. It's down 1.27% uh, in the last hour. According to? The market. The, so it is on the market. Yeah, it's, everything. It's, all all the cryptocurrencies are constantly being bought, sold, okay. and traded. So there is a uh, a constant up and down and volume, et cetera, almost like it would with a stock. But as opposed to a stock exchange, you know, they ring the bell, it opens and closes the cryptocurrency market never closes because it's closed. So one one Bitcoin is forty one thousand forty one thousand forty seven dollars. That's 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 a lot. Yeah, I, I, did not, not I did not expect you to say that number. I thought maybe you would say four dollars. Well, and that's why there I was are people. More of the European currency, you know, ten ten fifteen years ago that bought Bitcoin for for eight dollars. That's why all of a sudden they're like. Well, he's a billionaire. What did he do? Well, he bought 10 Bitcoin at eight bucks and it's going for $41,000 right now. You see what I'm saying? Like on paper. Have you made any money? Uh, so cryptocurrency took a hit. The last, uh, let's see, the last three days, it's gone down, 
but it will bounce back and it does it kind of uh, overall yes overall the trajectory has been stepping up but it kind of bumbles along and then it takes a dip uh sell off and then everybody buys back in so i buy back in on the i buy more when it dips okay does that make sense yes but another way and so again i'm still trying to learn i'm, I'm just trying to learn and kind of how to do this and and, and I just had a breakthrough when you off the air explained it to me a little bit more because well, I my explained brain mining would hurt to you. Oh. every time someone well mining so now I mean I even have a better understanding of, a, of what cryptocurrency is a cryptocurrency is a computer line of computer code for lack of better terms mm-hmm. and the reason why some people believe that cryptocurrency is better than the dollar bill in your pocket is that the dollar bill in your pocket is only worth what the U.S. government says it's worth, for lack of better terms. And as the U.S. government prints more dollar bills, the dollar bill in your pocket becomes worth less because there's just more of them. That's called inflation. We know that. The cryptocurrency, because it's global and it's not tied to a government, as silly as it may sound, the argument is we'll have a more balanced lifespan that's why some countries are literally going to cryptocurrency as their their um monetary system because it's still more stable than their you know whatever drachmas they had and whatnot that they couldn't keep uh inflation from going to the roof so then there's mining and there's people out there that mine cryptocurrency so oh i really if you could hear yourself talking it sounds so futuristic but, but really, it's here and now. I was going to say, well, yeah. it sounds futuristic to us. And there's some guy right now. He might not be. Well, he's probably up. If he's if he's good at this, he's up by you seven. You know, he might be listening. 312-591-8900. Please call us because I want to know if anyone else but Bruce has cryptocurrency. Well, and he's I'm driving in his Lamborghini down. right now, headed to his private <sighs> jet. Because five years ago, he got into cryptocurrency. And we're all like, what is How does like uh, we, we figured this out already and so i think there's a certain for me it's a fear of missing out it's a uh, i want FOMO. to yeah I, I i think there's something there i think it's real um i don't think it's going away and i think this nft thing is also the the next thing the non-fungible token it's literally buying a digital piece of art or a digital version of something because they are creating uh, Facebook, the metaverse. Yeah. This entire world that exists only online. Think of it as a big video game. Maybe that's the easiest way to think of it. And you'll have the Judy Avatar. Well, you'll be able to buy clothes for Judy Avatar. You'll be able to buy a house for Judy Avatar. You'll have artwork on the wall in your house with your Judy Avatar. And my, how crazy that may sound to you right now, there are people that are already doing it. I tried to... Uh, it doesn't sound as crazy as it sounds dumb. Yeah, except that there are literally people making billions of dollars. Billions yeah, with a B. Because Billionaires will be people, made this year. Dumb people are doing this. Why? It, it, why? I could see if there was some tangible reason why I would do that. Is it going to be... How is that going to affect me? But what's the tangible reason for buying well, like, anything feel, else? Well, but here I am real. I'm a real person in real life. That's a fake thing on the internet. It's not real. You know it mean? is real to them. And it <laughs> to will be who? to an entire generation who've grown up with a persona, alter ego, whatever you want to call it, that exists online. 
whether it's through uh, games like Roblox or Minecraft or any of these others, you know, that they have and they want to be able to take their character and they want to be able to flesh it out and have it have it as real as possible in the online world. And opposed to that stuff just disappearing, it will be actual tangible things that they own that they could then in turn sell and that could go up in value. Well, Which there, so many and there it is. I guess when, if you can sell it, if money's oh, involved, absolutely. Then, oh, yeah. All this stuff is being traded and bought and sold. Right. I know the artwork and everything. Yeah. Which, again, I'm like, but I could see that. I tried to I buy could, the house next to Snoop Dogg in Sandbox. Hey, good morning and a happy Monday to you. We jump into the 7 o'clock hour. Take a look at the big stories people are talking about. And CPS. And CTU had to call off classes for Monday, last night, every night now. Parents have to get together and huddle around and wait for the text messages to find out if school will be open. Negotiations continue today, Judy. And temperatures will only hover in the teens today. That will not be good news for all of those icy surfaces out there. Be very cautious if you're walking out and about today. And if you are out, you might want to pick up some salt. Maybe best known as Danny Tanner on Full House. Comedian, actor Bob Saget passed away yesterday. He was on tour with a new com- uh, stand-up comedy uh, tour. And sadly, sadly passed away at the age of 65. So it is uh, decidedly nippy outside. And you know what? It It, it is... Um, I, I think one of the, the things that I struggle with now is when you look at the weather and you look at the forecast, what is normal anymore? And what is normal for December? What is normal for January? Because the nor- we keep breaking norms. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We break the highs both and we ways. break the lows right. in both directions. And, and maybe that's just weather. Or maybe there's something bigger going on. Joining us right now is Trent Ford, the Illinois State Meteorologist. The official meteorologist for the state of Illinois. Good morning, Trent. How are you? Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing on a Monday morning? Uh, so far, so good. Although it is a bit I'm a chilly. Bit cold, uh, I was going to say. I don't know yeah. if you noticed that outside. We are a bit on the nippy, nippy side. And 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 I got to tell you, Trent. I thought what, what maybe one of the most interesting things over the last literally couple of weeks was we went from breaking a record in December for the long, the latest snowfall. Right, the, 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 mm-hmm. latest snowfall of the season went late into December. Um, to an, a cold that is, it went from 60 degrees to 10 degrees, and it feels like it did that in about five days. Yeah, and, and that did, it, it did happen. I think down here in Champaign, we're, we're dealing with about the same. And, yeah, I think, you know, what we've seen over the last week or two is not un, uh, unusual for January in mm-hmm. Illinois, but I, we just weren't prepared for it because of how consistently warm December was. You know, we got December lulled, kind of we got lulled into spring. we got lulled into liking the weather. It, well, yeah, <laughs> exactly, yeah. You know, other than the the, the colder rains in, in December, you know, we, we didn't have snow. Uh, uh, the first measurable snow in Chicago was on December 28th, so we almost made it the entire month. And, wow. you know, temperatures were consistently, you know, 8 to 10 degrees above normal. And so we, we were kind of lulled into this uh, false promise of, of maybe second fall instead of real winter, and then and the tides returned. And, <laughs> and, you know, this is really the second year in a row we've seen this, where, where if you remember last winter, December was warm again, and January wasn't too bad, and then we had – 
February, which was, you know, extremely, extremely cold. So, um, yeah, I mean, just, just this kind of uh, switch on, rapid switch to, to winter weather really catches a lot of folks by surprise. Even me expecting this kind of thing, it, it catches <laughs> me by surprise, too. So, Trent, is that what we should be expecting then, another bitter cold February like last year? You know, that's tough to say. You know, uh, the the models for the really looking at the rest of this month still show below average temperatures through the rest of this month. So it, it doesn't look like we're going to see any sort of like uh, a prolonged warm up for January. But mm-hmm. looking at, you know, what happened in February was really driven by forces that aren't predictable more, maybe more than maybe two to three weeks out. And and so it, it's tough to say whether we're going to see something like that again. Um, but you know, I, I, it's just kind of this reminder, uh, that, that, you know, winter is cold, despite the fact that winter is warming, you know, in the last hundred years in, in, in Illinois and Chicago, uh, winter can still be very cold. And, and again, especially when we get this extreme variability where we go from warm to cold, it, it can really catch a lot of folks by surprise. Well, and, and Trent, we also know that it's, it can be deadly, you know, I, I, I leave aside the icy roads or, you know, driving conditions, but, you know, this level of cold, um, you know, for, for, it's tough to sustain life for some people in this kind of cold. Yeah. Well, absolutely. You know, uh, cold, extreme cold is still, uh, you know, year after year, the second deadliest weather related, um, hazard after heat. Uh, and that's, you know, for the U.S., but for, for Illinois as well. And so, you know, when we see these, these really cold temperatures prolong, you know, highs below freezing, lows in the single digits or maybe below zero, that's really the first thing I, I get concerned with is just the public health aspect, getting folks who are unhoused or have, uh, you know, don't have that kind of, uh, ability to go somewhere safe and warm, mm-hmm. uh, making sure that, that they're, you know, less vulnerable to that extreme cold. Trent, as an expert, is the weather like out of whack <laughs> or is this just I mean, is this but, you know, do we forget? Do we forget that, you know, decade, I mean, we had that snowstorm of whatever, 67. You know, do we forget yeah. that there have been big events in the past or is there really something weird going on? Well, Trent, let me let me just echo that saying, you know, what was it like Christmas Day? It was warmer in Chicago than it was in Phoenix. And I'm like, well, this is a yeah. god. What the hell's going on? Yeah. Yeah, so it's you know a little bit of both. So you know, overall winters are getting warmer, which makes what happened in December more likely. You know, year after year, uh, it's kind of just warm pattern. But at the same time, we we have on top of that weather variability, um, and and there's some evidence of pointing to climate change making winter weather a bit more variable. But it's it's not a lot. You know, it's not it's not something that that. Uh, I would say would override this kind of year after year variability. You know, the, the problem I think we have this year and last year too is that we have had this, this warm start to winter. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, we, we do kind of forget. I mean, I, I could say the first time we hit, you know, below 10 degrees here in Champaign, I stepped outside. I'm like, Oh man, I forgot what this feels like. <laughs> you know, yeah. even with a big coat on, it's like, if I don't have gloves on nice gloves, uh, I, I'm, my hands are in trouble after just a few minutes. And, and so, that's the kind of thing I think that, that the first real cold of the year gets us more than maybe like if we have this later in February. Uh, but also, you know, with our warmer, you know, warmer start to winters we've been having, it, it just makes it that much harder to get used to that winter weather. Yeah, I, I will never get used to it. Ever. <laughs> I mean, and I've been here my whole life, and it is true. You, it is a matter of, you know, we forget because we want to forget. Because every year it happens. Every single year it's this bitter cold. But I just, I'm surprised that we can't really forecast that. I know it's a month, but I just, 
I'm just wondering what what's you know what's the almanac showing? What's it going to be like well, the next uh, like two months for the rest of winter? Because I just need to get to spring. I blame Puxatawney Phil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a a four letter word in the meteorologist community. But the the um the you know for, for February, you know the the outlooks are showing above average temperatures when you take January, February, March together. And 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 no doubt we will as we start moving into spring or getting close to climatological spring, which starts March first. We'll see more periods of time where the temperatures are bearable. I think this week, looking at the forecast, there's going to be a couple days, maybe Thursday and Friday in Chicago, where the highs will get, you know, 36, 38. That's bearable when it's sunny outside. And we'll start seeing that a bit more, just climatologically, as we move closer to, to, to March. But, yeah, I mean, we're in the heart of it right now. And, and I just got to say, you know, um, the privilege there in Chicago, at least you all have snow. We're dealing with, I'm looking out of my window right now at a bare, bare surface here in Champaign, and we're still, you know, 15 degrees and no snow makes it, no fun to be outside at all. Well, you bite your tongue. Not everybody's that <laughs> excited about snow. Yeah, Trent, like, where I, are you going with that, I, Trent? What? We appreciate your time today. Illinois State Meteorologist Trent Ford. Happy New Year, Trent. Yeah, happy New happy Year. Thank you. Thank you very much. Happy warm New Year. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, the thing that I think we need to caution everybody about today is ice. Not maybe on the roads. But the parking lots, the sidewalks, oh, yeah, the bad. driveways, etc. that there is still a lot of ice out there. Because if you weren't paying attention, uh, Saturday, Saturday afternoon, evening, we had uh, a little bit of moisture out there. And then, I mean, when you're dealing with, let's see, it says right now it's 14 degrees outside. You can see how the very, very quickly uh, that becomes an issue. Remember that number. It's not going to change. Oh, I believe that's the high. Oh. I hate when we start off the day with the high. The high. Yeah, because I'm like, it only gets colder from there. Like, why you think the sun's going to come up? It's going to get warmer, right? Well, and, you... and a good morning. Uh, happy Monday. It's Bruce and Judy. I got to give a shout out to uh, David Hockber, our buddy, uh, for uh, calling me at the last minute on Friday and, t- and taking me to a Bulls game. Nice. He didn't pick me up, for God's sakes. Uh, my first time, uh, first Bulls game, well, at home, I've seen them play on the road, uh, and my first time at the United Center, we had a gr- great wow. time. Did they lose? Bo- no, they won. Oh, they won. No, they are. The they're in Fuego and and still doing yeah. really well, leading the division, and uh, it, it was it was a lot of fun. We had a, had a good time, and uh, and thanks I got to, to for for Hochberg for for taking me to a Bulls game, letting me see what it was like. Does uh, he have like seats on the floor? He has a suite there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does because he's a sweet guy. Yeah. Which yeah, with there's a dessert barge oh. uh, that comes by. Uh, like Teamsters drive this yeah. thing, and it's full of Did treats. You take one home and what the dessert barge? They okay. were they, yeah. it's, you can they take were watching one. You can for take, you to put no, it into no, the you can, into the elevator. They were like, you're not going to get away with the whole barge. You are allowed to do it. Not the whole barge. No, they not won't, the they won't whole barge. Right. I meant one. You get you get one for there, and then you take one home. One for the road. I always get the taffy apple. There you go. Um. You know, we, we, we've heard a lot of, of talk about uh, whether schools are safe or not, CPS versus CTU. And I, I, I make an argument. I think there's a, there's a debate as maybe to the level of safety, but apparently there isn't too much debate when it comes to cruise ships. <laughs> um, that cruise ships, for whatever reason, are... Um, Super spreaders. Literally, there are ninety 
But according to the Center for Disease Control, there are 92 cruise ships right now where passengers have met the threshold for uh, being positive with COVID. In other words, everybody on every ship is probably getting exposed to COVID. Would you go on a cruise? Like, I, I, don't, I am not changing no. my life. I fly, I'm flying today. I got places to go. I got things to do. I'm not dumb, though. Like, I don't know if I'd go, I think I need to get locked on a boat with a bunch of people. And it is interesting. You're on a plane with a bunch of people, but we have heard nothing about. There, there's I don't think no issue with that. No. But again, you're sitting there. You're wearing they your circulate mask. circulate the air. Isn't they that something as well? circulate the air. But, you know, that? on a ship, you're out in the you fresh air a lot. It's it's probably a matter of eating and drinking, taking your mask off, and I guess, and being in close quarters. Even though you are sitting next to someone, you're not kind of moving around the cabin anymore, right? You're in your seat, and you're sitting in your seat on a plane. On a cruise ship, and I've never been on a cruise. I've never really wanted to go on one. And now, maybe, mm, although, probably get a good deal. Well, or is this is this just, the, again, we talk about the new normal. Well, The fact there, that every cruise ship or every U.S. cruise has at least one kind of coronavirus case on board. Well, oh, isn't that going to just be? I don't think so. I think it's a lot That's not going to be the norm. So but, they, there were 162 cases in the first two weeks of December on those ships. Between December 15th and 29th, 5,000 cases. So it went from so 162 to 5,000? Right. Like everywhere, That's there was high, a surge. Right? Yeah, a, I mean, they they can't. The so, you know, when you go on a cruise, a lot of times you're going to different ports, right? Well, yeah. they're, they're being denied at the ports, of course. And what I don't understand is you have to be vaccinated and show up a negative test. To get so, on the boat. To get on the boat. So everyone gets on the boat, and then they sail off. And then by the time they get to a port... So many people test positive that they can't even get off the boat. And now, now you're locked on a boat. And a lot, the boats are turning around, too. And Oof. interestingly, 13 crew-only ships right now, they've reported no cases. So there is something to be said about, a, I don't know, how many people are on a cruise ship, do you know? It depends thousands? on the size of the boat. It could be thousands. Hundreds, Absolutely. I don't even know. Absolutely. So, yeah, they get on the boat, and then someone gets it and it passes it. Yeah, I don't know if I'd get on a, a cruise ship right now. I don't know if I'd take a cruise. Even if you said, Bruce, we're giving me a free cruise. I go, eh, I know. Would you take eh, a, free, eh. a free cruise, huh? And again, it's... it's Maybe it's, if I could sleep outside. So for, for... And for me, the getting sick or not getting sick is not even my issue anymore. I mean, I, let, let's put it this way. I'm going to get COVID moving forward. Mm-hmm. My concern is being somewhere where I couldn't get home. Or being Be somewhere... Stranded. Where I got stranded. Right. That, that's my bigger concern. Like, I want to go to England. I'm worried that somewhere over the Atlantic, they might change the rules, and I land in jolly old, and all of a sudden, I can't come back. Or I can't come back for 14 days. No, honestly, no. I'd be like, "Eh, I don't know. I'll just pick up an accent. Yeah, I get it. Start eating more fish and chips. You know, I'll (laughs) I'll fit right in eventually. And if you get sick in the UK, say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine, but I don't know. I I don't want to. That's my big issue, too. I don't want to be out of the country and then get sick. Well, I, I, w- I guess I'd be less worried about the, the British medical system than I would if I was in Tanzania and got sick. Mm. You know, and I had a I was in a mud hut somewhere and they were dancing around me, burning incense, going, well, you know, we're going to we're going to solve this for you. I go, yeah. Don't knock it till you try. Well, it there works. is that. The incense has worked a lot of other things. Yeah, so it's um, smear some essential oil on me, won't you please? That'll help. Yeah, I don't know, like a cruise. I I just never wanted to take one anyway. I mean, I I should take a cruise, right? 
Ch- yeah, I've never one done time. Oh, you haven't either. No, I'm oh, a boat captain. I mean, I've taken the. I've yeah, driven and the you're boat such out. A traveler. Yeah, but I, well, I don't like the idea of being locked on a boat. I don't. Yeah, I don't like the idea of being in the middle of the ocean. Like I don't go and when I go places like to visit, I don't do like bus tours either. Like everybody, get on the bus. We're going to take you over here. I go. No, nah, I'll take myself over mm. there. Thank you very much. I, I want to do things kind of at my pace right, and on my right. schedule. Yeah, no, and I don't a, mind that. And a that. tour, a cruise, is the exact opposite of that. Right. We're I, going here. We're landing here. We're leaving. Well, what if I don't want to leave? What if we get to this port of call? I, go, I, I kind of like it here. I'm going to hang out for a while. Yeah, you could the do boat that. Goes you on. Fly yourself home. Yeah. yeah. I suppose I no, I, I don't mind that aspect. I know the group mentality. I like it. I, I've done that before in Italy, and it was absolutely fine. I kind of enjoyed being told what to do and what to wear. On the other hand, the cruise, I just something about being in the open water. Although I don't think those ships, I said the middle of the ocean, but really, those ships probably don't travel too far. They kind of hug the right? coast in a lot of yeah. places. Yeah, they're not, because they're, they're going from port of call to port of call. They're not going for, uh, necessarily across the ocean unless right, that's right. specifically kind of the cruise you're trying to do. I'm thinking they're hugging the land a little yeah. bit. But you know, when I was in Greece, I every night I would look out and see the cruise ships sure. anchored there. And I could kind of hear the doom, 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 doom. the lights were always on until two in the morning. It kind of looked like I wanted to row out, row a boat out there. Yeah, and they <laughs> row your boat they, you out. Know, the Sounds like a hell of a party you guys got going out here. Climb they, up the anchor. They and, uh, would come to shore, and they always looked like they were hungover. And I, I, I think they were. Of, yeah. Uh, so, so that was selling me on the cruise a little bit. Sounds like a good idea, right? Sounds like a good idea. Well, I uh, don't know that there will be cruises in the next few weeks. It seems like they're well, shutting uh, them all and, down. And, and, and it's an industry that got hard hit. Yeah. You know, and I, and I, maybe it's just the way our memories work and how fuzzy things might be over two years ago. But I seem to remember when COVID, whatever you want to call, first started. One of the things that really stood out was there was a boat, a cruise ship. In Los Angeles Harbor, that had multiple people on right. it that had tested positive as thing, and they wouldn't let them off, off the boat. Right. And I was like, "What do you mean? It's the goddamn United States of America. Fear. You can't get off the boat." Yeah, right. And they were literally <laughs> lo- like, like you know, they, they they took the gangplank back and go, "Nope, nobody can get off the boat." Oh and I was like, gosh. "What is this crazy yeah. talk? Won't let people off the boat." Like, yeah. thinking, uh, so what? What's a Corona COVID? What does it right. matter? That was early Can't lock me. Remember that? Yeah. That I want to see it was almost exactly two years when, ago. Yeah, when it first started and people were like freaking out and, oh my gosh, look at this boat. There, people can't get off. Yeah. Yeah. So now I don't know, since all 92 ships have an issue with the CDC, yeah. I don't think you can take a cruise right now anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cruise at your own risk in more ways than one now. And good morning to you. And I uh, have a Monday. You heard Nick do the do the breaking news. There's uh, it's coming fast and furious. Uh, watching Adam uh, Schefter saying that uh, yes, not only have the Bears fired Matt Nagy, that uh, GM Ryan Pace is out. Uh, if you're a fan of the Dolphins, you won't have Brian Flores to kick around anymore, as they fired their coach, and the Vikings fired. Uh, Mike Zimmer, their coach and their GM, this morning as well. Huh? Yes. So we have some to to pick from. I I I sincerely <laughs> hope that they don't think those are necessarily upgrades at that position. You know, this I can acknowledge that uh, this time of year, the holidays can be can be challenging for a lot of people. Right? Um, if you have an issue with food, 
Good night, Irene. Good luck making it through Thanksgiving, mm. Christmas, New Year's without a pie or a cake or turkey and stuffing. You know what I'm saying? And if um, and if you struggle with alcohol, you could oh, certainly see how how really the the availability, the ease of it is is there. Uh, joining us right now is Karen Albert, the CEO of RCA at St. Charles and South Elgin, uh, RCA, Recovery Centers of America, correct? Correct. Yes. Good morning. And a good morning to you. And and Karen, talk to us a little bit um, about dry January. Sure. So like you were saying, you know, the holidays is a time where sometimes we engage in excess, whether it's food or alcohol or, or anything. And I think it's not unusual that many people around, you know, New Year's Day make some resolutions that are focused on health and wellness and maybe changing some behaviors. And, and Dry January has been around for a while and is really a, a public health campaign designed to encourage people to just do a temperature check around their relationship with alcohol mm. and to maybe evaluate if their alcohol use has become a problem for them, particularly over the holidays. But Sometimes people who are struggling with alcohol, they don't always necessarily realize that their drinking is starting to become unmanageable. And so dry January is a good time to maybe take a break, focus on abstinence and see how you feel and see if it's difficult for you um, and then kind of evaluate, you know, your next steps. Oh. It's interesting because I have friends who do dry January and I think they look at it more as a, as a health Thing, right and so like detoxing, uh, detoxing after the holidays and, yeah, just okay. more healthy approach not necessarily that they might have a drinking problem but interestingly they uh, one person in particular he's he didn't drink all year he just kept going absolutely yeah oh dry january became, became dry, dry 2021 February, dry march hmm. right yep yeah and i think this year even you know with everything we've gone through with covid19 pandemic and the increase in cases now I mean, everybody's really been isolated and dealing with a lot of extra stress and maybe, you know, life is is challenging and, and a lot of people have been using alcohol to cope with some of that additional stress and people sometimes have less structure in their life. Maybe they're working from home or they've changed jobs and, you know, over the last two years, kids have been home from school and, you know, a lot of things have been really, really stressful and many, many people have increased their alcohol use to help cope with, with the anxiety. Karen Wollenegg Albert is with us right now, the CEO of Recovery Centers of America at St. Charles in South Elgin, talking about dry January. And, you know, I, I think it's all well and good for a lot of people that maybe are self-aware enough, but I got to believe there's a lot of folks out there, and you encounter plenty of them, Karen, who maybe don't realize how that relationship with alcohol is affecting them negatively. How do you Absolutely. get through? To, how do you get through to some of these people? Well, and I think it's important that we look at the people in our lives and, you know, sometimes the shame and stigma around substance use keep people from coming forward and asking for help. And so I think in, within our groups of family members and friends, we have to be able to, to reach out and be open and honest and show care and concern. Maybe if there's someone in your life and you're concerned about their alcohol use, you know, reach out, address it, address it positively and proactively from a place of support and not a place of shame and guilt. Um, you know, I think we'll find that many people are more likely to, to take the help or to really, you know, reach out if they have a lot of supportive people behind them. Mm. Do you think most people who do have uh, an issue with drinking or drugs even, that they, they do know it, 
deep down they know they do? They're aware. Yeah, I think on some level, people know that, that life is challenging for them, that they're, they're maybe dealing with some emotional pain and some physical pain, and they're starting to have some effects and consequences in their life. But to the point where someone is truly struggling with a substance use disorder, they're really unable, probably, at that point in their substance use disorder to just stop. And I think that's something that, that maybe family members and friends don't always realize. They think it's easy to just stop. If my loved one cared about me, they would just stop. But if, if substance use has gotten to a point where they really, someone really needs criteria for a substance use disorder, they need professional help. Mm-hmm. And I think another thing that I want to stress is, you know, stopping alcohol use abruptly. If you're someone who drinks several drinks a day, every day, you've been drinking for a long time, can be dangerous. Alcohol withdrawal can be life-threatening. So, you know, if someone knows that stopping drinking for them is going to cause some health effects, maybe they have some tremors, maybe some sweating, some nausea, some anxiety, sleeplessness, you just don't feel well, that could be a medical emergency. And so it's important for someone who is maybe a a more significant drinker of alcohol, um, you know, they seek medical attention to to stop drinking and they might need a a detox program somewhere. And is there a, you know, what is the definition of an alcoholic? How many, oh. how many drinks a day? So, you know, I, I think it's, it's much more than a certain number of drinks a day. You know, um, the DSM, which helps us diagnose substance use disorders, really focuses not just on how many drinks a day or even if people are drinking daily. It really focuses on the effect that someone's having in their life. But certainly tolerance, which is where, you know, it takes someone more drinks to feel the same effects. That happens with alcohol and other substances. And so if someone maybe is noticing that they might feel, um, you know, kind of that certain, you know, pleasurable kind of euphoric buzzed feeling after two drinks, and now it takes them six or seven drinks to feel that feeling, that's truly a sign that withdrawal is setting in and that your body's really habituated to alcohol and that if you stop using alcohol, you're going to experience the effects of withdrawal. So those are things that really need to be taken seriously with alcohol. Karen Albert, again, the CEO of Recovery Centers of America at St. Charles and South Elgin. And, you know, dry January, it's it's a great start for people. Those of us that don't drink, <clears throat> uh, looking around the room, I, I've had now dry, I don't know how many decades it's been. I've never had a drop of alcohol in my life, Karen. I'm no fun whatsoever. But uh, how can we support those that are going through this? That are that are that are going to try to make an effort this January. How can I support them? Um, well, I think certainly for for anyone who who might want to try dry January, sometimes it's it's helpful to try with a group of people. So you can support each other. You can check in with each other. You can encourage and motivate each other. Um, but also I think for some people it's important that they might try to seek some professional support and to get a professional substance use evaluation. Um, Recovery Centers of America, we can do that. You can call our helpline at 1-800-RECOVERY. Um, we can schedule a free confidential screening for you. We also have a lot of resources on our website that might give you some more information about, you know, learning more about alcohol use and the effects and what might be some warning signs that alcohol use might be a problem. And our website is recoverycentersofamerica.com. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, thank you for the work that you're doing. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you to both of you for your interest. Take Outstanding. care. Outstanding. She's uh, uh, Karen Wolowinick albert uh, CEO of RCA, Recovery Centers of America at St. Charles and South Wales. Dry January. You know, I and again, I got to believe that on some level, if this is something that you are thinking of undertaking, 
don't hide it. Tell tell people. I think most people are reasonable, you know. If you're saying, hey, I'm going to be doing this dry January thing, they're not going to, you know, invite you over to their kegger. <laughs> you know, right, they're going right. to be mindful of the fact uh, some of the challenges you you might have and not necessarily try to put you in a bad situation. And, and that's they care about the you. hardest thing because we're such a social... Hey, good morning. Uh, happy Monday to you. It's Bruce and Judy. Maybe for Bears fans, it's a little happier today, although the, the season ended yesterday, and needless to say, uh, a losing season. Not the season anyone hoped for. Uh, the the Bears have parted ways, is the nice way to put it, with not only Coach Matt Nagy, but uh, General Manager Ryan Pace. So changes at the top uh, uh, of the Bears organization if nothing, it just gives you a chance to start fresh. You've got a young quarterback. You've got some 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 good players. You have uh, you know, Robert Quinn on defense this year, setting records. I mean, you've got a chance to move forward, but it all is going to depend on these next few hires. We'll yeah, see what now happens. Now we need a new coach. Is there one out there? Jim, uh, Harbaugh's name hmm. keeps popping up. University of Michigan coach, former quarterback for the Bears. Anybody remember that? Huh? Sure. Uh, passable quarterback, to say the least. He's coached in the NFL before. Uh, had a great year at Michigan. Had, had some not good years in the past. Um, it, will this be a, a bit of a homecoming? Will it be a favorite son coming back? You know, where's Mike Ditka these days? I was just looking say, for work. Is, is Ditka not coach? available? Why uh, yeah, do we keep looking over? Elderly Ditka. now, but I think he could still do it. Oh, oh, those guys, he, those guys yes. would be terrified of him. He could uh-huh. line up and knock him down, right? Uh, right as you do it. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this continues to play out here shortly. But you know, this is like this game of musical chairs, and then the, the thing becomes well. They're now uh, M- Miami, and the Vikings are both looking for coaches and. The Bears have to be competitive. You better get out there. If there's somebody you want, you better go grab them or else they can end up somewhere else. Do they go shopping around the uh, college teams? Is that? I got to tell you, I I don't see a ton of success from normally from college coaches. Where else are you going to go for a a football coach? Assistant coaches. Most of them kind of come up through the ranks, if you will. Hmm. You know? I saw something kind of bizarre, and, and and it made me think about this. Do you remember we used to have candy cigarettes? Mm-hmm. They were the best, weren't they? And well, they were practically in well, in every you know candy aisle, candy and store, yeah. and, uh-huh. and and the really good ones, the little red on the end of it looked like you were yeah. smoking it, you know. It, and then the powder oh, would come off. Oh, the powder the would come out. Yeah. Oh, that was fantastic! Yeah. And then they said, "We can't have that." You're basically training kids, uh, great kids to smoke. Mm-hmm. So, what's the difference between that and soda pop infused with booze? That's because Coca-Cola is now kind of joining this, what do you want to call it? They call them spirits-based canned cocktails. So it is a a can, you know, a 12-ounce can. Like It looks like beer or soda. It's a cocktail, but they're going to do it with Fresca. All right. Mm-hmm. To be fair, mm-hmm. the, only time fresca? I, the only time I drink Fresca is with vodka. Okay, <laughs> count me as one who wasn't aware they otherwise. still made Fresca. I will oh, give yeah. you that. It's, yeah. a, it's a good summer drink to mix with alcohol. Do they still make Tab while we're at it? Uh, um, not sure about Tab. Fresca is. Correct me if I, was that the? Is it grapefruit flavored? It 
It's, is it, like, it's sort of like Sprite. No, but I think that's the actual flavor. It's go, it's called grapefruit flavor. It's not lemon lime. I think it's grapefruit. Pretty sure mm. it is. Yes. Uh, pretty sure Tom says yes. So um, I was a huge fan of it to begin with. Uh, well, only because that you had, you don't put vodka in it. No, and it contains <laughs> grapefruit. Exactly. In it, you would love it. But how? But is it? Is that any different from putting? alcohol into soda pop cans basically does it isn't that the same argument you can make for candy cigarettes or uh, cotton candy flavored jewel i'm not for getting rid of it i'm for having all of it i just don't like the fact that i can't get candy cigarettes all the time <laughs> i'm still a little pissed off about that yeah well <laughs> you haven't been able to tell i don't care about alcohol infused fresca right. i was going to drink the fresca anyway like that uh, but yeah, yeah, grapefruit flavored, sugar free. Did you know that that Fresca came out in 1966? Hmm. Really, 1966 <laughs> is when that came out uh, uh, as a as a diet. It, it's never had sugar in it, so it's always been a bit of a diet drink. But this is apparently the trend where the, these canned cocktails, and I see them around. I swear that I don't understand half of them. And and it is getting so confusing. It's now too much almost. Well, but I can't tell the difference. Uh, did, what did I see? The, did I see a can of something called Liquid Death? Have you seen that? <laughs> Do you know what it no, is? No, but now I'm intrigued. Do you know what it is? It's water. What? It's canned water. Oh, come on. But it's called li- <laughs> liquid death. It's just water, isn't it? Yeah. It's huh. canned water. I don't get it. But neither do I. It's called liquid flipping death. I was like, boy, this is like some sort of energy drink. Right. Or this is, you know, four locos or God knows what, right? No. Liquid death is water, which seems to be the opposite of what water normally yeah. would be. All right. Uh, still time for our criminal today. Judy, take it away. Well, I don't want to be criminal here, but I'm going to do restoring your faith in humanity. I apologize. <laughs> I'm it's criminal, Bruce, what you it just is. said. All right. Identical triplets, Nels, Ollie, and Joey Duke will not remember their formal introduction to the Palatine community on Sunday. They're only a few months old after all, but it is a day their parents aren't likely to forget. Residents stopped by the Palatine police station uh, yesterday bearing gifts like diapers, wipes, formula, and other baby necessities to help out the young family that abruptly grew from three kids to six kids just over the summer. Now, Mom Aletha says the community really came out for the baby supply drive. It was organized by another mom on Facebook. After learning about the infant's early health struggles and the family's challenges to care for six young children, she and others put together Sunday supply drive. Dad Nelson says it was just incredible. There you go. Kindness outstanding, and community. Outstanding. Outstanding. And thank you guys so much for spending time with us today. Also, thanks a lot to uh, MG and the Posse over there on the other side uh, in Mission Control, hitting all the buttons. Our infant producer, Miranda, on the other side of the double pane bulletproof glass, joining us in there also is Tom. Say his last name, okay? Uh, in there. And uh, uh, we got DJ Joey D on the, on the ones and twos, all right? Nick Gale standing by the latest on everything you need to know to make it through your Monday. And God knows you probably need some help making it through this Monday. Don't <laughs> worry. Nick Gale up next right here on 890 WLS.